day, planet Earth. Michael Litton, the last DJ host of Ride the Vibe, broadcasting from the super cool, wicked awesome DRS ATL studio right here in Roswell, Georgia. Got Waheed Gomes at the controls. Wouldn't be a show without him. Hard to believe we're in our sixth year, man. It's just gone by. And I'm super, super stoked to have on the show David Russell. David is a writer, musician, and bando teacher who has toured with a number of bluegrass bands in Michigan and Georgia, Michigan where he resides, but and Georgia where we're at. He has an MA in philosophy from the University of Detroit, Mercer, and a PhD, dude, in history and religion from Michigan State University, go Spartans. He's always referred to himself as a Southern boy trapped in a Yankee body. And he's co-author of Earl Scruggs' Banjo Icon. David, welcome. Thank you. It's good to be here. <laughs> if only you were really here. Good to be here. Yeah, if only you were well, here. Well, I was there, but... <laughs> <laughs> For a while. I would say that I'm here, or I'm here, but I'm not all there. Yeah. But... <laughs> and you you taught at uh, Mercer in, uh, in ATL, right? Yes, sir. I taught uh, for five years off and on. Yeah. I'm one of those adjunct people. Yeah. And that was a great place. Yeah. You were teaching to, philosophy uh, or teach. uh, religion or both? Uh, mainly philosophy. Yeah. Some some courses in religion. I love They it. threw me a history course, but I wound up having to move back to uh, the Mitten State. So, <laughs> the boo-hoo, you the know. The Mitten State. I love it. I hadn't heard it described that way in a while since I lived there. Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, for your fans that are legion and growing, uh, but, night, but might not be familiar with Ride the Vibe, the way we roll the show is we ask, because it's a podcast, we're asking listeners or suggesting to listeners they sit back in a comfortable environment in summertime now, so get out on a float on the raft on, on the water somewhere, or Lake Michigan or wherever it might be, and get a beverage of your choice in the studio we are featuring a very cool, innovative product called Drinkmate. And uh, Drinkmate's out of Ann Arbor, right uh, next to you, David. And they are the Carbonate Anything Drinkmaker. And the operative word there, because there's a competitor out there that's got a little bit uh, more, I think, maybe name recognition than Drinkmate does. But the operative word is anything. Drinkmate carbonates anything. So if you're looking for a way to get yourself off those toxic, sugar-sweetened beverages... Get uh, be much more environmentally conscientious, and you know, not have to discard all that plastic and glass, etc. Drinkmate is the answer for you. Uh, it's a great product. Can't say enough about it. Good things. And then we're gonna play seven songs that David has selected that are thematic of uh, Earl Scruggs and Banjo Icon, the great book he wrote. So, David, talk about what prompted you to write the book and the backstory on all that, if you would. And that story goes way back to, uh, I guess, I was in my mid-20s, a newly married guy with one and a half kids. And I've always <laughs> been a writer. Uh, didn't <laughs> You just got that, right? I, I've always uh, kept journals. I've loved to write. Yeah. My mom always thought I'd be a writer when I'd grow up. That's what I do. She was prophetic. But, uh, I, she was prophetic, actually, absolutely. But I, I thought, you know, I love Earl Scruggs. He was the main source for uh, my getting into the banjo. Yeah. I mean, you heard the Beverly Hillbillies theme song. There's yeah. other things that kind of encouraged me to, to want to play the five-string banjo. So 
I wrote to Earl Scruggs, got his address from a friend of mine who knew him mm. here locally, and asked if I could uh, write his biography. Well, his wife, who's the business manager, Louise Scruggs, yep. wrote back a letter and said, well, I'm, you know, I'm afraid we can't give you permission to do that. We have somebody currently working on Earl's biography right now. Mm. And uh, I kept the letter. I didn't re- realize I still had it till I was in the middle of writing the book wow. uh, all these years later. Wow. But uh, it was kind of a, I always thought when I found out later that no one ever started writing the book, after I moved back from Georgia, I contacted my friend Gordon, yeah. who was probably one of the greatest Earl Scruggs fanatics. I thought, let's co-write something together. And we began. And that would be Gordon Castellanero. Gordon Castellanero. Yeah. yeah. He was an old banjo student of mine from the, I believe, the late 70s. He wow. was this 14, 15-year-old kid that came in and took lessons. Yeah. And, He's also a, an accomplished writer, I would say. He's yes. written a lot on the local Detroit television. But uh, that's what got me prompted. So now, all these years later, my bucket list was fulfilled mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> to write the first biography of Earl Scruggs. Wow. Or co-author, at least. So what happened to the the uh, the author or the, the person that was uh, slated to write it? You know, Do you know I, the I don't story know. there? Um, I, I don't have any story on that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Earl's Earl's um, son didn't have any recollection yeah, of it. Yeah. Uh, Rand, uh, Gary yep. was the last remaining son of Earl Scruggs. Mm-hmm. But um, it's just a lot of people um, have written little biographies here and there. You'll find little little blurbs throughout the internet, yeah. but nothing of any um, any significance. So well, I want to. Play, I want to cue up Foggy Mountain Breakdown as the first song we're going to feature because it is iconic. But I, I want to share a, a quote from Travis Tritt, uh, Georgia boy, uh, regarding this book. He said, gives the most comprehensive and complete history of a man who changed the world of music forever. A must read for any music fan. And I would completely agree. I found it fascinating uh, had gotten into a little bit of bluegrass in college and, uh, you know, getting the backstory on Earl and what kind of amazing person he was, was a fantastic read. So let's cue up Foggy Mountain Breakdown, if we could, Mr. Wahid.
never get tired of hearing that track. David, talk about uh, obviously why you selected that uh, track to start the show off and also kind of the backstory on that really put uh, Earl on the map, didn't it? Oh, absolutely. Uh, that's uh, known as the classic Mercury 1949 recording. There were other recordings yeah. later on that were always great. I mean, the way Earl played the banjo, he always played a banjo like he was firing a Browning submachine gun or something. It's just, we always say firing a Thompson submachine gun. Yeah. Just the bullets and yeah. how they just, just, the notes are just timed so perfectly. Mm. And there's, there's attitude, thump and drive. I call it teeth shattering drive <laughs> that's created, you yeah. know, by this instrument. Yeah. And uh, that song really is the result uh, uh, prior to the uh, Lester Flatt and Earl Scruggs getting together and forming the Foggy Mountain Boys. Mm-hmm. In around the late 1948, early 1949, um, they played with Bill Monroe and the Bluegrass Boys. Bill Monroe was known as the father of bluegrass mm-hmm. music. And uh, he hired Earl Scruggs uh, one day. Earl was a young kid. It was uh, December, about around December 8th, 1945. The war had been over. Troops wow. were coming home. And uh, so that auditorium is probably filled with a lot of sail- former sailors sure. and Marines. Looking for entertainment. So uh, he went there to, to uh, audition, and they had old String Bean. Remember old String Bean from Hee Haw? Yeah. Was playing, had, had, remember he had those pants, he had the first kind of yeah. pants halfway down type guy. So, yeah. Uh, Jeff, and, I think Jethro played, got that, adopted those pants from the Beverly Hills. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, uh, he had played this two finger style banjo and, and Lester Flat wasn't overly impressed with string beans banjo playing. So <sighs> this guy shows up, Earl Scruggs shows up, goofy looking hat on his head, says uh, <laughs> like the audition. So they uh they let him audition there at there at the Ryman Auditorium and he he fired into to a number of different tunes. I think Dear Old Dixie was one of them and yeah. uh, Sally Gooden. And he played like just like a like you heard just there. Yeah. And Monroe said to Lester Flat, uh, what do you think we should uh, we should do with him? He says, "I think you ought to hire him while you can afford him." You know, <laughs> to do my cheap lim- imitation of Lester Flett. So they played for from nineteen four. The first show was December eighth, nineteen forty five, at Grand Ole Opry, and people had never heard someone play a five string banjo like this like guy. That. He had yeah. he had taken an instrument that was kind of a buffoon's prop. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, they people used to call it the, the minstrel shows, mm-hmm. the blackface, racist kind of stuff. Yeah. And uh, it just a, was a buffoon's prop with clowns used mm-hmm, a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And he turned, he basically turned a Wright brother prototype into an F-16 fighter overnight. Wow. That's a that great mansion. analogy. So that's what I used. Yeah, I love it. And he was <laughs> very, very humble, man, as it, it resonated. He was a, yeah, yeah. I didn't know him. I met him uh, a handful of times in my life. Yeah. He, he watched me play banjo one time at a bluegrass convention with my band down in Nashville. And I looked up and there's Earl Scruggs watching my oh. left hand and going, oh boy. Oh my gosh. But uh, <laughs> but I didn't know him. I mean, I didn't yeah. know him. I'd met him. Yeah. And, um, but he was, uh, he was a real decent, uh, kind hearted kind of a man. Yeah. So. I mean, that really resonates in the writing that you all did um, for sure. Yep. Wasn't conceited. No, not at all. Well, and... You know, uh, John McGowan, a founding member of the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band, says of your book, this book gives us an essential, it gives us essential insight into Earl's life. His life's work will 
influence and inspire forever as few have over the years. Earl made a, made a better, made it a better world. And he's the reason I have music in my life. I got a typo in my quote there. <laughs> oh, it's okay. But at any rate, high praise from John McEwen. And uh, certainly for listeners out there, if they haven't uh, had the chance to listen to Nitty Gritty Dirt Bands, Will the Circle Be Unbroken? A, a brilliant, uh, I think it's a three album, maybe, David? Is that right? Yeah, something like that. They did, a, I think they did one, a follow-up one, like a, uh, a reunion or a, yeah, anniversary edition of that years later. I haven't, don't have the dates in front of me on that, though. Yeah, one of my first experiences with the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band and a classic. Well, let's queue up. You've got another song uh, queued up by uh, Tominsky. Is that, is that right? Yeah. Did I get that right? Knock, knock. If we could, Waheed, let's hear a little knock, knock. <laughs> conversation with David Russell, co-author of Earl Scruggs, Banjo Icon. And the thing that's so fascinating about this book, I think, is, is you interwove interviews with the Scruggs family and more than 60 notable musicians and entertainers to create this great work. And you've got Bella Fleck doing the uh, forward. Talk about, uh, you know, why you selected this track and then you know, how you put this book together and where, where can people get it at usual sp space spots, David? Well, you can get it from uh, roman.com, which is the, the, uh, site, the publisher site okay. or Amazon Barnes and Noble yeah. books, a million, uh, I've even seen it on eBay. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Love. So, uh, yeah, so it, it can be picked up. There's, there, uh, I'm trying to think there are, uh, there's also the books, uh, digital books you can get as okay. well. Okay. So. Yeah. Excellent. And talk about this, picking this track, knock, knock. 
and and Tipinski. Oh. Well, this this track obviously, as you can hear, there's a huge difference between uh, uh, what you heard in the 1949 uh, recording of Earl Scruggs playing that that uh, that Foggy Mountain Breakdown that he wrote. This is to me, this is just the best example to show how far this instrument has come. Mm-hmm. And Earl loved it. You know, he passed away in 2012, but Earl Scruggs absolutely loved the fact that people were taking that instrument and doing bigger and better things yeah, with it. Yeah. I mean, he himself wanted to learn, uh, enjoyed uh, playing jazz. He he didn't play jazz, but he had run into like uh, King Curtis there mm. at the Revlon Review Show, if you read about that, mm. and uh, would have loved, they talked about, Possibly wanting to do some some sort of recording together. Mm. I mean, he never stood. He never he stood still, open. did he? I mean, he was really always innovating. No, that resonated. He too. was wide open. Yeah, yeah. He, he was, this is this is later on. Is what kind of came in between uh, Lester Flat and Earl. Lester wanted to stick with old mm-hmm. old bluegrass traditional music, mm-hmm. and Earl saying, "You know, I want to play, you know, uh, Bob Dylan stuff." You know. <laughs> Uh, He'd say, I, I, I like that new stuff. That's why he got with his boys, yeah, uh, yeah. Randy and Gary and Stevie. Mm-hmm. And, and Charlie Daniels, I think, played with them for yes, a while as well, yes. uh, early in. But they got together to just try to play some hip hop, yeah. uh, you know, even some soft uh, soft rock and roll together. Mm-hmm. So he was the man. But this, book, this song, Knock Knock, um, I think it demonstrates how far the music has come rhythmically. I mean, we've, since that time, uh, you know, the, the, these second, third, fourth generation bluegrass musicians that came from Scruggs and Monroe and these early pioneers, they grew up hearing musical uh, varieties of music that, that guys like Earl Scruggs never were exposed to. Mm-hmm. They were exposed to rock and roll, right. Motown. Think about all the more modern forms from the late 50s to the 60s and yeah, 70s. Yeah. And so your ear, it's like Mac Wiseman said in, in a documentary on bluegrass, he says that the old guys, us old pioneer guys, we didn't hear things in that day like the new people here. Mm-hmm. You've got new forms of music. And you're, you know, every generation tunes its ear to the music of its generation, yeah. of its day. Fascinating. Yeah. So you can hear a knock-knock. This is almost like jazz in some ways, the intensity of mm-hmm. it. It's, it's got that... It's got that uh, Aerosmith kind of train kept a rolling yeah. vibe to it. <laughs> and uh, the fact that you could take a banjo and make it sound, I mean, that, that's uh, Ron Stewart playing the banjo there. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's also a great fiddle player, but holy Toledo. And these guys still will say, I could never touch Earl Scruggs, uh, the hem of his garment. Mm-hmm. I couldn't even come. They still, today will tell you that they could. No, no one could ever play like Earl Scruggs yeah, did. And that's true to some extent. Yeah. Yeah, he had a tone, and uh, I, I always got a tone that could peel the chrome off a trailer hitch, man. I'm telling you, it's just, it's, yeah, I don't know how to describe it. Yeah. It was just down and dirty. Well, hence the title. Uh, I mean, Banjo Icon. That yeah. He's summing up in two yeah. words brilliantly. Well, let's, um, let's shift gears a little bit and uh, play some Sailor's Regret by Larry Cordell. And then I want to come back and oh, talk yeah. about... Uh, you know, your relationship with Bella Fleck and, and uh, his willingness to write the forward because he says some very nice things in that. So if we could, Wahid, oh, yeah. Sailor's Regret, and then we're going to come back. We're having a great conversation with David Russell, co-author of Earl Scruggs, Banjo Icon, must read as Travis Tritt has said. 
conversation with david russell co-author of earl scruggs banjo icon and we're playing selected songs that uh, david picked out to highlight the banjo highlight earl scruggs's influence on banjo playing and talk about uh, that selection that song selection david if you would oh I, I you know i selected that when you asked me to select songs larry cordell is one of my top favorite bluegrass uh songwriters yeah he is a, and what I like about this song, you, and you'd have to see the uh, 
the photograph that goes along with it is pretty hilarious. A guy in a sailor's jacket smoking a pipe on the deck of a boat, the ocean. That's <laughs> like, wait a minute, this is a bluegrass tune? Because bluegrass, yeah. you know, it, it's been characteristically, traditionally, it's always been about, you know, going back to the cabin. These folks came out of the hills of Kentucky and, mm-hmm. you know, the southeast. And a lot of them, parents died when they were young. They lived some pretty hard lives, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, Coal and, miners. Uh, I heard one guy. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we're talking, you know, getting the black lung disease by the time they're thirty-five, right. and, and uh, so the the music traditionally of bluegrass has always been about uh, well about about uh, southern life in general, and mm-hmm. about uh, hard living people, people that just you know poverty, yeah, Appalachian poverty, mm-hmm. and now. As you get guys like Larry Cordell, he, he grew up in that, by the way. Mm-hmm. He's, he came out of a family of coal miners, and he sings about that quite a bit. But his songs, pretty much everything he sings is original music. Yeah. And uh, this is, to me, a great example of a theme that traditionally doesn't fit <laughs> a guy wandering around the mountains. He's out. Yeah. He's, a, he's this old country boy. I like the way he says that. Yeah. This old yeah. country boy. <laughs> this guy's got more. Uh, he's got more soul and feel in his body than a lot of people have in their left big toe, you know? <laughs> uh, I, I just, I, I love, I can't explain, you can't explain what, but this is just that pounding, driving. Yeah. Uh, and then the fiddle comes in with a jazz, like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, a jazz, little jazzy riffs on the fiddle. And um, there's just so much into this music that just screams soul, soul, yeah. soul. Well, and as you said earlier in our conversation, you know, it really has tra- is transformed from that, you know, clown kind of, uh, you know, sort of oh, yeah. prop aspect or, or the stereotype of deliverance or, you know, even kind of the stigma of having Foggy Mountain associated with Beverly Hillbillies, which many people, you know, kind of dismissed as fluff or foo-foo or whatever it might be. But, it, it, you know, it really has taken on a, the instrument, yeah. as I see it, is really... Uh, taken on a life of its own in so many ways with so many of the modern, you know, bands. Uh, and Bella Fleck is just one example. Talk about, you know, having oh, him write that forward, David, and the relationship with him. I, I, it was very difficult to get in touch with him. I had, I had never met him prior to, uh, I think about 2015 or 16. Yeah. Um, I searched high and low. <laughs> They're trying to find a way to contact Bela Fleck. Yeah. Can't get, he's got too many gatekeepers, you know? Yeah. So somebody, uh, a name I won't say, slipped me his email address. So I contacted him. He uh, says, how did you get this? And, I, and then he guessed who it was. He said, it's all right. So we talked on the phone one day. He called me. Oh, interesting. And uh, when I told him what we were doing, because yeah. I was told by this person, other people, ah, Bela, he, he Probably he's so busy he won't have time to write a forward. Yeah. Well, it was about Earl Scruggs, and he absolutely loved Earl Scruggs. Sure, some great stories. If you read, you know, some of the stories about him visiting Earl with John Hartford yeah. and some other people, yeah, just classic stuff. And uh, he had a lot of respect for Earl. Mm-hmm. And so uh, he said, "Yeah, I'll do it." And I was, we were really honored to have him, yeah, uh, write that forward, and uh, also have him in couple of other parts of the book, yeah. you know, but uh, Bela is a t- tremendous, tremendously insightful musician and mm-hmm. human being. Uh, I, I mean, I know him, but I didn't know him that well. Yeah. And uh, been to see him at a couple of shows and all that good stuff. But he is just a walking encyclopedia 
of uh, musical knowledge. Mm, and mm, mm, mm. Uh, he helped us out a great deal by doing that. It was really awesome. So hats off to him. Well, and I hope uh, oh, yeah. that through the course of this podcast, listeners will go out and explore and go back and research, you know, where this, the, the roots of this. And, you know, if you're not familiar with Earl Scruggs or Bella Fleck or, you know, Larry Cordell, that you go out and yeah. explore that because the music is so rich and so deep. And then get this book. And as Travis has said, a must read. We're going to take just a short break to support a sponsor that's near and dear to my heart because it would not be a Ride the Vibe without my friend Waheed Gomes at the controls and uh, him graciously <laughs> allowing me to, to camp out and do these uh, podcasts from his studio, great little studio in Roswell. If you're looking for a place that's uh, very comfortable and very welcoming and Waheed's got some great expertise. And then also he has a Verde Music Group, a publishing group, so if you're looking for musicians, if you're looking for some ways to make money while you sleep, you definitely want to reach out to Waheed and let him talk to you about the, the publishing side of his business. We will be right back having a great conversation with David Russell, author, co-author of Earl Scruggs' Banjo Icon. DRS provides professional audio mixing and mastering services. They also provide other creative services such as voiceover editing, audio restoration, and audio forensics. They have great customer service, their work is fast and efficient, and their prices are affordable. You can learn more about their creative services by visiting them on the web at drsatl.com. Again, that's drsatl.com. Or call them at 404-590-0779. Again, that's 404-590-0779. DRS, when the right sound matters. You're back on Ride the Vibe. Steve Martin shared, in time, America beyond the bluegrass world and the rest of the planet will recognize Earl Scruggs as an innovative genius. Earl Scruggs' banjo icon is an important light guiding the way to, the to that next step. Brilliantly written, researched, and sourced, this book further elevates the subject. Wow, high praise from Steve. Uh, Talk about, oh, yeah. you know, we, getting his, well, getting all three of them, uh, Tritt and uh, McGowan and, and uh, Martin to to write comments for the back of the book, um, David. Yeah, that was, we were very fortunate to have that for sure. How did all that come about, those those three in particular? Endorsements? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I had contacted to, I was, um, I knew somebody that was in touch with Travis Tritt's uh, agent. Yeah. Person that handles his affairs. And uh, they said, go ahead and send him kind of a a, a copy. It, sure. wasn't, it wasn't a published copy yet, but I sent him a rough draft of the book. Yeah. And Travis sat down, went through that whole thing and said, oh, holy cow. Yeah. yeah, I'll endorse this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and same with John McEwen. Yeah. Um, so uh, John was uh, very helpful in that sense. He was his knowledge of Earl Scruggs as well. So, yeah, we thought we thought that was a really good uh, uh, combo to have on the back for sure. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Well, high praise and and spot on. 
Well, let's cue up, if we could, Waheed, Freeborn Man by Tony Rice. Stab it. This is another one from the album. Uh, this, this opens the album, as a matter of fact. Freeborn Man. Well, I was born down in the Southland. Some 20 odd years ago. I was only four years old, I'm a freeborn man. My home is on my back. I know every inch of the highway, every foot of back road, every mile of railroad Got his first Martin guitar. Oh yeah! And he's running away at four years old. <laughs> Talk about why you picked why you picked that song, David. Well, it has uh, two of my very favorite uh, bluegrass heroes in it. Uh, with JD Crow in the background playing the banjo. JD used to sit at the feet of Earl Scruggs when he was a little boy in Lexington, Kentucky, at a radio station when when Flat and Scruggs uh, moved to Lexington to just play around that area for a while. Uh, J.D. Crow would literally go there and sit there mm. with his gaping mouth watching Earl Scruggs play a banjo on a radio show live. Mm. You know, you know, these crowds inside there. And he finally learned to play, and he he played with a guy named Jimmy Martin. Um, he eventually went with the great 
late great Jimmy Martin, who they referred to as the king of bluegrass. Wow. He was a uh, he came he played uh, started he played um, with Bill Monroe, the father of bluegrass, and then went off and started his own band, the Sunny Mountain Boys. Mm-hmm. And JD was his very favorite banjo player. JD had a, he he helped JD develop a solid role that just a, I call it down and dirty. It's, mm-hmm. it's a forward role that it's that machine gun style that you're hearing in that music. Yeah, da, 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 like that. Mm-hmm. And he had feel. Uh, Tony Rice came along, and Tony Rice took the guitar rhythmic patterns of guys like Lester Flat and Jimmy Martin, and turned it into a whole new beast. <laughs> yeah, you can hear in his playing there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Tony, we lost him a couple of years ago. Regretfully, he he passed away on Christmas Day a couple mm-hmm. years ago. Mm-hmm. But he is by far. Uh, it's it's really the surge of energy and the drive and the in the that bluesy feel that that uh, both Crow and Tony uh, developed together. They created that together mm-hmm. uh, when they played. And I, I just I always loved that song. Yeah, more than just the banjo, it's that guitar that mm-hmm. just kind of puts a big giant shiver down my back. Yeah. This is. You can hear a combination. I'll I'll be quiet for this, but you hear a big combination in this music of uh, of the old music from uh, Ireland and Scotland yeah. that came over the old Irish reels. Yeah, you hear blues that you got from the Delta Mississippi regions down south, mm-hmm. Dixieland jazz. You have all sorts of elements that Bill Monroe put together, and that just evolved from there. And I think this is a great example of the the intense energy that this music creates. I just yeah. love it. The melting Can't tell pot. You anymore. It's a, it's a, <laughs> gum, it's a gumbo. <laughs> <laughs> well, a, a musical gumbo. I I'll like. agree with all the above. <laughs> yeah, I love that. We also uh, selected I'm Willing to Try by Ralph Stanley too. So if we could uh, cue that up, uh, Waheed. Sure. All right. You ready? I think so. Did I tell them about that Blue Ridge guitar? Oh, we did? Well, we'll tell them about it here in a few minutes. It's sounding good today. Let's hear it one more time. Woo! Yeah! I believe third time's the charm. That's you say. Oh, 
think, David, I know why you picked that one. That one has to harken back to your PhD in history and religion, perhaps. <laughs> well, uh, that might play a little role in it. Uh, I will say, I will say, I will say that uh, my heritage. My mother came uh, from the East Tennessee region. Yeah, uh, I still got tons of relatives down there. Yeah, even I believe there might be a couple down there in North Georgia. Ah, Yay! Nice. Yeah, but uh, yeah. But yeah, Western Carolina. But mm-hmm. this kind of singing was uh, part of my uh, heritage. Yeah. And um, my mother used to play this kind of music around the house. <laughs> and it's that acapella kind of singing. A lot of the primitive uh, Baptists and the mountain, some of the mountain folks used to sing. I had a great grandfather, uh, Daddy Jim Gamble, that rode around the Smoky Mountains. Yeah. Teaching that kind of uh, singing in different different uh, community schoolhouses and churches. Interesting. And uh, then he came back and hunted down moonshine stills as a deputy sheriff of Blount County. So he kind of <laughs> had a nice uh, nice background. But that music, uh, it moves me. I'll tell yeah. you what, I, I always well up with tears when I hear it, not only from the feel and the sound of it, but mm-hmm. the message itself is very meaningful to me. I love it. Well, hence the uh, you referring to yourself as a Southern boy trapped in a Yankee body. And I, I believe you said you're in the process of writing a book along those lines. Talk a little bit about that, David. Yeah. I just, uh, <laughs> uh, trying my hand at Mark Twain-ish kind of humor, ah, you know. Nice. But uh, it's, they're just a compilation of stories of what it's like uh, growing up in a home that has Southern values and mm-hmm. Northern Yankee values, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, my father's family came out of, you know, the East Coast, but um, and here in Michigan. Yeah. But uh, I just put together a bunch of really crazy, funny stories about what it's what it's like wanting to be a Southern boy, but you can't be. You're always <laughs> going to be that Yankee boy, and having having all of the the feel and and uh, love for that uh, that region of the of the United States, but realizing that your feet came out of Michigan soil, boy, you're never going to be a Southerner. <laughs> when will when can we expect that book? Uh, I'm hoping to get it out in the next year or two. Oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm just really kind of plugging away. Okay. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Gotcha. All right. Well, wh- <laughs> I'm about three quarters of the way done. So maybe I get it done in, in the next month or something. Well, I love it. Well, when, uh, when you get that finished, we got to have you come back on the show. Sure. Well, in you the can me- tell me if I sound like Mark Twain or not. Yeah, exactly. Well, in the meantime, <laughs> let's uh, cue up a little Walls of Time by Milman- Bill Monroe. Sure. Say 
ride the vibe. Michael Litton, the last DJ, playing what he wants to play and saying what he wants to say. And in this case, playing some music selected by David Russell, co-author of the great book, Earl Scruggs, Banjo Icon. And as Travis Tritt has said, a must read for any music fan. And I would completely agree. David, welcome back and talk about uh, picking that. Why you picked uh, Walls of Time by Bill Monroe. Walls of Time. Um, well, I'm a huge Monroe fan. Yeah. Love, love Bill's music. He was he was uh, very traditional and raw. You know, it's it's uh, it sort of just always reminds me of the roots of what I'm playing today, which mm-hmm. is a little bit more progressive than that yeah. <laughs> in my own band. Yeah, but I, you know, and you're, Mon- just Bill Monroe, a, your your own band is the Powder Mill Ramblers. Is that the Powder Mill Ramblers? It's named after a city in North Carolina, as ah, we say. Nice. By my mandolin player comes from that region, so we yeah. said, "Okay, we'll let you name the band." Any gigs uh, that you got coming up that the folks around Michigan want to know about, or where would they go to find yeah, your schedule? Of, the, the the summer, we're, believe it or not, we're taking the summer off. Kind of, okay. uh, we got a few here and there at uh, just local gigs at Masonic Lodges here yeah. in Madison Heights, Michigan. Okay, and come fall, we're going to get quite a few uh, uh, more gigs at different uh, different places, so I can. Let you know about that if you want to. Where where can they find you? Is there flyers out downtown Atlanta? <laughs> Is there a website they can go to, or a Facebook page, or where where would you direct people? To? Believe it or not, no. That's how disorganized we are. <laughs> so you're truly ramblers. We've been playing together. <laughs> we've been playing together for uh, four years, four or five years now, and it's, these guys are some incredible uh, professional musicians. They we played a show this past weekend up in Flint at an old place called Crossroads Village. Yeah. And I uh, had a good crowd, and these guys—they thump—they know how to mash, yeah, and uh, and hit those instruments just right. So, well, who are the players? Um, talk, talk about the players in your band. Oh, I got um, besides uh, yours truly here yeah, yeah. on the banjo. Yeah. I've got a, a a guy named Matt Stoddard, who's probably the best fiddle player to ever climb out of Michigan, uh-huh. other than a guy named Jimmy Campbell, yeah, <laughs> late yeah. Jimmy Campbell. Yeah, this guy's incredible. A uh, good friend. We played together the last 20 years or so. Yeah. Uh, then I have the mandolin player, Jared Thompson, uh, who's a very good, more of a traditional style mandolin player. Yeah. The guy that named the band. Wow. Uh, then I have, uh, we have the a guy that tags along with us and hangs around, Wendy Smith, mm-hmm. who's one of the pioneers of Michigan bluegrass. Everybody has played with this guy. He'll be 90 this, this oh, month. Oh, my gosh. And he's still, man, he's still got it. Yeah. He's still playing uh, good music with us and yeah. singing. And then we just recently hired a guy named Jim LaPrade, mm-hmm. who uh, these were guys I played with since the late seventies, early eighties. Yeah. Um, great guitar player, great singer. Uh, and then Daryl uh, Francher, who's a man, another mandolin player, but he's playing bass for us. Yeah. So we've got this band. Does he play stand up? Stand up bass, or is he playing? He plays electric bass. Electric bass. Yeah. He, he plays. He doesn't want to play stand up bass. He's he's a he's a phenomenal mandolin player. He plays a lot of jazz type stuff, yeah. fiddle tunes on that thing. And I don't know that stand up bass would do anything, but maybe hurt his hands more. <laughs> <laughs> and any, uh, you have any CD out or just, uh, you just play? Oh no, no. We're, we're, we're talking about that now. Okay. Hey, another year or two. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. So covers, so you do covers, but, uh, any original that you mix in there when you're playing? Oh yeah. About half our stuff is original. Okay. Music. Ah, very cool. Well, when you get that album out, you, again, a second offer to come back on the vibe. Yep. In the meantime, we want to uh, round out the show uh, with Rounder Spirit by the Lonesome River Band. Sounds good. 
conversation with David Russell, co-author of Earl Scruggs' Banjo Icon. David, we're just at the top of the hour. Talk about, just wrap up the show, talk a little bit about Lonesome River Band and why you picked that song. Oh, yeah. Uh, I love this. I love the story in this song to begin with. It's so great. But more than that, Sammy Sheeler, the banjo player, uh, he's a good friend of mine. Uh, I I met him years ago and um, he helped me a lot in figuring out things on the banjo when I was trying to learn to some tough spots. But this guy uh, has a way of playing the banjo. Uh, it's one of my favorites in yeah. this business. He has a way of playing the banjo. It's like a guy hitting a spike with a big hammer. <laughs> Bam! There's, it's just, I, I'm, I'm attracted to that kind of banjo playing. Mm-hmm. That, I call it down and dirty, that, that thumping, yeah. rhythmic Wow, I mean, it resonates. Mm-hmm. And then, if you listen to what he's playing behind the vocalist, it, you know, you know what backup music is. It's we do it in any form of music, any kind of genre of music. He's, I think, one of the great masters of being able to tastefully put backup licks from his banjo behind the vocalist, phrasing mm-hmm. behind. He's just brilliant. Yeah. And I always use that. I give that song to my students to say, if you want to learn how to play backup, listen to Sammy Sheeler and the Lonesome River Band. This guy has uh-huh. nailed it. 
Love it's it. great stuff. So go out and buy some of the Lonesome River Band uh, music and oh, go yeah. see them live somewhere. I call Sammy Sheeler Sammy Ray Vaughn because he reminds oh, me of Stevie Ray Vaughn nice. on the banjo. That's on a stage, high praise. You know? I love it. Oh, yeah, he's an incredible. He's fun to watch. Well, is there any these uh, students that might be looking for you? How do they find you? Is there a way to, for them to get a hold of you, David, or you, you booked up? Uh, yeah, uh, I'm in the Detroit area. Uh, I want me to get my phone number. No, <laughs> no you don't. You might get inundated with prank calls or something. But look up David Russell. You can find him uh, through uh, his his great book. Yeah. Earl Scruggs. Yeah. I'm one of those bad people. I don't have a Facebook page anymore. It's just got too, too distracting. Yeah. Everything I'm doing. So. Well, if they can reach out to Ride the Vibe, and we'll hook you, we'll hook them up if they're legit. But it's just been great, yeah. David, uh, chatting with you. Oh, and man. Great book. As I can't say it enough, a must read. Travis said it as well. Yeah. And uh, Earl Scruggs, banjo icon. We are out of here. Michael Litton, the last DJ. Better get her done, son, because the hour is Oh